Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo, a place where you're going to find inspiration, wisdom, and healing. A podcast for men. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word life. It means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun, day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one. Doctor, everything will be all right. Instead of asking him how much of your time is left, ask him how much of your mind, baby. Because in this life, Things are much harder than the afterworld. In this life, you're on your own. And if the elevator tries to bring you down, go crazy. Punch a higher floor. If you don't like the world you're living in, look around. At least you got friends. Welcome to another crazy episode of Late Night Talks. I'm sorry, you guys. This is the the words to let's go crazy from Prince. <laughs> For some reason, that song like popped into my head right before I was doing this. So I thought to myself, you know what? That's kind of like correlates with what we're talking about a little bit here. So... Anyways, I hope that you had an amazing kick-ass week. I hope that you are doing freaking fantastic right now. (laughs) I am thrilled to be here, as you can tell. I like to come on and have a little bit of fun from time to time, you know? So, yes, yes. You guys, I'm going to see that movie Dune this week. I cannot wait to see it. My son wants to see it, and I'm like... I love Timothy Chalamet. He's such a good actor. I saw him in the movie Beautiful Boy, which is about addiction and relapse. And it's really sad. It was heartbreaking, but it was a good movie. So if you want to go see that and you didn't, it's been out for years now, I think. But, but Dune looks so good. He's just, he's just adorable too. He's just got that adorable face to him. And he's, he's really got a lot of talent, I think. So I'm excited to go see that. I don't know if any of you have seen it yet, but I'll let you know how it is next week. Because <laughs> I am going. Okay, let me get into my serious mode here. Let's do our quick check-in before we get into tonight's topic of addiction. We're just going to take a few short moments to check in with ourselves. I know it can be sometimes challenging when our days are busy. I just do this as a reminder for you to get in touch with your inner world, baby. So just start to become conscious of what you're feeling in your body. Place your hand on your heart and just start to notice 
What's taking place in your being? What's your mood? Why do you feel that way? Do you want to stay there? And I want you to take a big, deep belly breath slowly through your nose. And as you inhale, just inhale white, positive light, white, positive energy. Take it all the way in, hold. And as you exhale, I want you to exhale negative, dark matter that's been held in your body, creating tension. Well done, as always. So, I want to ask you a serious question. Do you have an addiction? If so, why do you think you have it? And what hunger are you trying to feed? And really allow those words to absorb into your body. And what does that do for you? When you really sit and think about those questions. Without becoming defensive, there's no judgment here at all. Because I know there's some listeners out there that they might not have any addictions. But there is a majority of people that do. I think that we're all addicted to something. You know, there's there's alcohol, there's drugs, there's weed, sex, cigarettes, porn, gambling, shopping. There's working, exercise, food, watching TV, sugar consumption, coffee, video games, your phone, social media, And I'll just stop there because it truly is endless. Do you know that the average person scrolls through 300 feet a day of media content? And do you know how long that is? That's just about the size of a football field. And I think it is the size of the Statue of Liberty. Wow. That's a lot of screen time. Emotional intelligence in college students is on a decline from cell phone use because there's less personal interaction. You know, I've said it before. I see it in my own teenagers. It's really upsetting and it's up to us as adults to pave a new way for these kids. They're, you know, inexperienced and conditioned by technology. As adults, you know, we're responsible for giving them this tool. We handed them the phone and now, not always, But it can really hinder many parts of their life. And we just kind of sit back and watch the destruction happen. 
And this is the new way of the world. Kids don't even put their phones down when they're interacting with one another in a group at restaurants. They're all staring at their phones. They're all sending messages to one another at the table. It's, it's the strangest thing, but this is what takes place. We're really good at destruction, even like even self-destruction. This is what I mean. We're good at self-destruction as human beings. And sometimes it's conscious, sometimes it's not. We create a behavior that becomes habitual. But when we're creating that habit, all all behavior originates from a positive intent. So we have to look at our habits and ask ourselves, what was the positive intent for that? I'm guilty. I've had my own challenges. So I'm not here, you know, to criticize or judge anyone. I'm part of the bunch. When we become addicted to things, you know, we all of a sudden hear these negative words, the negative self-talk that turns on in our heads. It's that pathological critic. It's judging you. It's shaming you for taking part in this activity. And if if it's doing that, please stop it immediately. Ask that voice what it has done for you to enhance your life. So why engage and waste your energy listening to it? Tell it to screw off. Just don't play into the negativity that is feeding you. We're all human. And it's okay. People with addictions, they're not doing anything wrong. I do ask myself this question. I'm curious as to why, as a collective, we choose unhealthy habits over healthy ones. You know, why do we do this? Life can be, yes, extremely difficult, but it doesn't have to be. I want to share some statistics just to give you an idea how many people are labeled as having an addiction. And these are American statistics. As of 2019, 331 million people live in the United States. At least 21 million Americans have at least one addiction and only 10% receive treatment. 5 million Americans are regular cocaine users. 774,000 meth users. 34 million smoke cigarettes. 30 to 40 million smoke weed, 494,000 over the age of 12 are regular heroin users, 886,000 Americans used heroin at least once, 130 deaths happen every day due to opioid overdose, a world statistic 300 million throughout the world have an alcohol disorder. 
alcohol is the cause of 5.8% of deaths, one in every 20. So as I mentioned, there's also the non-substance addictions as well. And these are what we call process addictions or also behavior addictions. But why? Like, why is this happening? Obviously, people are not able to cope with life. They're scared. They fear what's on the other side of that habit. You know, most individuals experience addiction are fighting evolution, fighting growth. They're fighting themselves. But when we get into the bondage of, say, addiction, you know, we become selfish because we aren't okay with the reality of things or the reality of an outcome. So we self-soothe. We find relief. Sometimes we try and play God or we think that we have the ultimate plan. But fighting against this growth is what will keep you in that same spot for 20, 40, sometimes 60 years, depending on the choices that we make today. If we look at the world from a bird's eye view, what's currently transpiring, and it, it has always, but the world is getting worse. Let's just be honest, in a way. There's chaos, riots, killing, war, starvation, addiction, suicides. And why, again, what, what is it all for? People are fighting against internal change, change within themselves. There is a void within. You know, someone who's constantly escaping, constantly projecting whatever, is never feeling a sense of home. They hide within that addiction. They fear being found out because they feel shame. Maybe they don't even want to stop the addiction because they feel like life really has nothing to offer them if they stop. Or maybe they feel like they can't. But I'm here to say that if you have the ability to start something, you have the same ability to stop it. There is usually just something in us that we're resisting. That's why we fight against it. How can we start to look at addiction differently? First, when we use the word addiction, it sounds very concrete, doesn't it? It sounds hard. Like there's almost like a brick wall in front of us. And it might feel impossible to break through. You know, the word's been conditioned in the mind to sound so bad. Addiction, oh my God. Yes. We must take accountability and responsibility for our actions. And this can be harming our bodies. But when we say these words, I have an addiction, we subconsciously were thinking that we're basically effed. That we're not going to be able to break this addiction. It's too hard. But that's not true. Because really an addiction is just a behavior that turned into a habit. And guess what? 
we can create a new behavior to form a whole new habit. When we exchange the word from addiction to habit, it seems more flexible. It's more palatable. It feels easier to overcome. See how it feels in your body when you say both of these words back to back. Addiction. That sounds hard. It's almost like, ugh, can't break that. But when you say a habit, it's softer. It's a different approach. And this perspective gives us more optimism and willingness to be able to want to change this habit. So let's start today rather than say, I have an addiction. Say I have a habit that I'm working on to replace with healthier ones. Don't even say bad habits because the brain really doesn't view habits as bad or good. It's just a habit to the brain. However, the more you use it, the more you repeat something, the stronger and the thicker the neural pathway will become. We can create new habits to replace the old habit. Habits that are more comfortable, more joyful than the one that you're currently doing. When we take this approach, you can start to develop behaviors that provide comfort without damaging, you know, our mental or physical health. The entirety of the habit that was formed in in the first place is for a purpose. It's up to you to find that purpose. Just because you've made certain decisions in your life doesn't mean that's who you are. We aren't even our body or our mind. We're spiritual beings and our bodies are just vehicles that help us to navigate through this life for the mission of evolution. We're birthless. We're deathless. Our spirit is eternal. We are here and we work with both light and dark energies. Because they're kind of the same. We're working with different frequencies and we choose what these frequencies are. So when we're doing something, when we're partaking in a behavior or an activity and we're starting to feel badly, like we know we shouldn't be doing it, you know, but we're doing it anyway, but something in us, in our body, you know, it's, it's not, we're not really, we know it's not good. This is a good indication that we are disconnected from self. You know, what are these disconnected parts pointing towards usually wholeness, worthiness, acceptance, feeling appreciated, feeling understood, seen, heard, and mostly loved? You know, it was never truly about the addiction itself. It was your longing for something deeper, wanting or desiring something on such a deep level, but yet it might seem so far out of reach that we just turn to temporary relief. It's escapism. And who's to blame us, you know? As human beings, who wants to sit in pain or who wants to feel badly? I personally think escapism, addiction, whatever you want to call it, is from many being spiritually malnourished. And before you click away, 
just let me explain. I understand that the word spiritual or spirituality might be a turnoff for some, but it doesn't have to involve God if that's not something that you believe in. Because I know the word spiritual can sometimes come across as religious. I have nothing against religion. I mean, Christ is working for me, but I respect your beliefs. However, I look at spirituality as not so much about religion, like I said, but more about self. It's more about creating heaven on earth and connection. It's about self-development and the need to acknowledge our spirit, our higher self. It's understanding that you are source energy and that you're part of that greater power that created you and connecting with that power. It's about being connected to others and self and finding peace. It's about admiring nature. It can help you gain meaning, purpose, belonging, growth, and values. And yes, it's a personal journey, but many people run from this. You're the creator of your life. We're here on Mother Earth, who is also source energy. She's vibrating a frequency, a very healing one at that. She's like a giant spaceship, and we're the passengers on board. This is why I preach about how much we should be taking care of our ship. We should be taking care of her. Science through quantum physics is showing us that everything in the universe is energy. Everything in this universe is always vibrating. Nothing rests. And I'm not going to get into it right now. But when it comes to frequencies, the National Institute of Health states that music effectively reduces anxiety for medical and surgical patients, those struggling with addiction and substance dependencies that learn an instrument may play an important role in their recovery. A study at the University of Wisconsin showed that exposure to the right music tone frequencies produces dopamine which is in short supply for the nervous system during the withdrawal process. This is not woo-woo. This is real. This leads me to this. Our thoughts are also vibrations, and they also hold a a certain frequency. And we radiate this frequency out into the world, and this is what we attract back to us. So my point here is, what vibration are you holding in your body, in your thoughts, in your cells, in your emotions? What thought patterns are you holding that's keeping you vibrationally separated from who you really are? Why is there resistance? Remember, resistance usually means there's part of you that wants something. There's growth there. There's evolution there. So a question to ask is, what influence am I under when I feel the impulse to reach out for that habit? Is it fear? Is it pain? Is it worry? What's behind the action? What's the pattern you keep playing out? What we resist persists, and it gets worse over time. 
because the amount of energy that goes into pushing it away. And resistance can be relentless if you let it. How can we overcome this? The moment you become conscious of the resistance, start to create space for it. How does it feel in your body? Just start to recognize the sensations and the thoughts surrounding the behavior. Acknowledge these thoughts, beliefs, emotions. And when you do, the gap will begin to close. And there will be no more separation. There'll be no more resistance. Just be open and more receptive to it. There's two parts to us. There's one who we are. And there's one who we are letting ourselves be. And one is pushing and one's pulling. It's an inner tug of war. So we need to integrate both to become whole. It's just like the shadow work. In order to create a new long-term solution, we have to bring those two together. What movie you've been playing in your mind about your life, what does that look like? Because everything that you've been doing, action-wise, is a response to that movie. If you think about it. You know, we need to create a new movie, a more dominant movie, so that you can get rid of the old film. One that you'll be able to want to sit down and watch comfortably and have fun with watching. And the other movie will no longer exist. You're not going to want to watch that old movie anymore. You have to create a new movie for yourself, a new reality. But first, you need to accept the life as it is and stop struggling and resisting the reality of what's played out. You know, this is what will help finally bring that inner peace. The past is gone and dwelling there will accomplish absolutely nothing. As we accept and develop a more positive perception of reality, you can create an amazing life. It's all about the way you choose to look at it. And I know I sound like a broken record sometimes when I talk about this, but if you associate life with pain, you're always going to desire to escape. You're going to always experience pain in your reality. Our attitude is a reflection of the parts that we choose to focus on. So what if, what if you focus your attention on hope? on freedom, on joy, rather than pain. As we do this, our thoughts, emotions, and beliefs will become aligned. And when all of these parts of us are aligned, this is when we are at our strongest. When we are in full alignment with who we are. Your imagination and what you envision, just like that movie, that you've been playing in your mind is what will help you pull you out of this low vibration habit and help you to create a new one. The thing that holds us back is our logical mind. Einstein even said that he would take his imagination over his skills. The imagination is what brings ultimate transformation. Seeing yourself, seeing your ideal self in your mind You have no idea 
for most people don't, they don't have any idea how powerful they are just through their thoughts and what they envision for themselves. Truly, it's I've been doing it my whole life. And what we think about, we bring about. So we have to be very careful about what we're pondering on, what we're thinking about, what we're, you know, where our thoughts are taking us. It affects so many parts of our life. And we have to take the power back and control that. And we have the power to change certain habits that we have started. When some people become sober and they break their addiction, they break their habit, I understand that life can continue to feel a lack of meaning and purpose. You know, that sometimes they feel that there's really no reason to remain free of the substance because they're not feeling fulfilled in any way. And if that is you out there and you're listening, I just want to ask you to consider some of the things I'm going to share here that might be helpful. I think one of the number one things for any of us, addiction or not, is to serve. There is no greater satisfaction, and this is my promise, in helping other people. How can you help? You know, how can you help? What can you do for another life? Any life on this planet, animals, the ocean, the forest, anything. And we can never say we have nothing to give because that's just an excuse. You do. We have our energy, our minds, intelligence, bodies, our emotions, our experience, our stories, your, you know, our strength. Go out and help the world in some way because this is the number one thing that will help bring fulfillment into your life. If you have a journal, write down and, and journal some of these questions. What are your values? What's really important to you? What do you consider right or wrong behavior? You know, who do you look up to? What do they believe in? What are you passionate about in your heart? What career or field is important to you and why? Have you changed or evolved over life? Have you grown? Is growth important to you? Why is it important to you? Where did life come from? Why do you think we're here? These are great starters to begin to connect with the more spiritual side of life. And as you do this, you'll start to feel more connected and our, our thought patterns will be able to replace old programming with new meaning. Replacing the old habits with small new ones. Small habits, small wins. And as you practice, the other habits will begin to fall away. They'll fall out of your life. 
during the process, just make sure that you're compassionate with yourself, that you're not judging yourself. Don't allow the words of others, you know, penetrate in any way, shape or form and make you fall off track. Create quiet spaces often to reflect on life. The life that you want to create. All that you've learned from your past. And this is the start of evolution. So that is it guys. I know this was probably a little all over the place today, but it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. I am sending you so much love and peace and I want you to be well and I will see you soon. Take care guys.